0: Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dine Sports YouTube page and podcast network. Joining us today for episode eight is Paul Howard. We're going to be uh, talking all things football, all things community and uh, capacity building as well. Before we get to the interview, just a friendly reminder. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe below, comment, like and share. I'd love to get any kind of feedback we can to keep delivering this kind of content to you guys in the community. Paul is a longtime uh, football uh, ambassador and uh, has been playing multiple roles as well too throughout his career. He's been a player, he's been a volunteer, he's been a coach, he's been uh, everything sort of in between there. And uh, his efforts, especially working with not only at-risk youth, um, but in underserved uh, communities, uh, actually earned him the NFL Youth Coach of the Year Award, Um, and those kinds of awards that they get thousands and thousands of applicants every single year so um, to be recognized for the the kind of work that he was doing in the community there is 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 definitely something special and definitely something that uh you know doesn't happen every day Uh, on top of that he's also relaunched the uh st pat's high school football program and we're going to talk a little bit about you know what kind of work goes into actually getting a program up and running and uh you know it's definitely more than just showing up and saying hey i'm ready to coach There's, there's all sorts of things that go on behind the scenes there as well so a lot to uh, unpack you know some of these interviews uh i kind of have to lead the guests on some questions you'll you'll figure out pretty quickly uh that, that paul's got stories for days and we probably could have had this be a uh, you know three-hour interview so uh definitely we'll look at possibly having him back in the future but uh without further ado paul howard <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Dine Sports YouTube page and podcast network. Joining me today is Paul Howard. Paul, how are you doing, sir? Hey, great, Kyle. Great to have you on here. You, you I'm been happy staying... to be here too. Good. You've been staying busy during quarantine? What have you been well, up to? talk about weird times,
1: right? So our, my business, uh, Ruckify, Better Software, not my business, I work there. But it's been so busy for us and we weren't sure how things were going to turn out. But just before the quarantine, I hightailed my butt back. I was in Utah. Hightailed my butt back to Ottawa before they really shut the border down. Yeah. We had a whole team down in Texas, brought most of them back. Um, and we didn't know what to make of those first few days. And kind of looked like the world was falling off a cliff. And, and, you know, and we had to take some tough business decisions. But in doing so, we realized that this is actually an opportunity, that nothing's ever going to be the same. There's no such thing as a new normal. it's just everything's changed and maybe some things go back to 30 40 percent of the way they were but everything else is it's all brand new so because of that um our business actually has been booming and we're shocked by it not we should have been shocked by it in software and and ruckify is now the world's largest uh rent anything marketplace but it's just skyrocketed i think it's because especially the rental business people are are looking for um there's, well, I saw an interesting stat. It's a horrible stat. One out of four Americans unemployed today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, that's horrible. Yeah. So maybe Canada's a little better, but it's still very tough. And so our platform allows people to save money and make money. And when you think about it, rentals grew out of the Great Depression. Yeah. So believe it or not, a bad time is a great time to build a business. So that's enough of an advertorial plug for Rockafire find better software.
0: Well, you got to get it out of the way with,
1: right? Yeah, I didn't need to, but how, You know, it's just so weird. Yeah. And now our business is booming. Um, never worked so much in my life. So forget this home. You know, save the commute and all that. Yeah. Usually I spend all my time in the states, and and uh, you know I'm ha- happy to be back. And you know the one downside is was I, I wasn't able to see my kids for 12 weeks. I just saw them the first time this week. So that was pretty special. I went to the cottage with one of them. So, yeah, um, yeah. But it's just one of those things, just hard times for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think it was Spike Lee tweeted out the other day that there's going to be a second BC for years now. So there's going to be uh, next year will be, uh, you know, 1 AD, but it'll be before COVID. So things, things are changing yeah. at a rapid pace for sure.
1: Well, I was on a call with the Facebook Canada manager. And what they were saying, now's the moment. Like, this is the moment. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So I think in anything you're doing, now is the moment. And it's not easy for people to see that, that now's the moment, but it really is. So don't waste your time. Get at it because something's going to happen. And you would rather make things happen than have things happen to you. So, yeah, it's really difficult. But this we will remember this period.
0: Well, for as long as I live anyways, it'll be a long time. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So you're a big sports guy. I mean, for, for those that are tuning into our YouTube page, you got a Sens jersey hanging in your background right there. But but really, your your first love has sort of always been football, right? Always been football. In fact, hockey I, I'm okay with. But let's face it.
1: Uh, when my son at nine years of age, however old he was, said he wanted to play, I started him at football at six. One of my one of my sons, yeah. and he said he wanted to play hockey at nine. I said, oh god, no and like can we try skiing or something or what else can we do and uh so i took him out to a russian figure skating coach out in nav and i said this is the first time you complain we're getting up at 5 a.m there won't even be a second chance this would be the easiest decision in my life not to get up so early and he never complained in 100 lessons later he's a pretty good skater yeah, so those yeah. are some of the stories right but yeah i'm always on football all the way um <laughs> I, I grew up poor in herringate i could never afford like hockey really um and so football was they like, taught me everything. I went to business school at Queens, but I will tell you, I learned more about business from playing football than any other game and I'm yeah. sure you, you do basketball and that's probably the same things um, And what you learn about your teammates and how to play together and it's critical and those are all business skills that you can apply in your life, yeah. you know the amount of preparation from versus the amount of playing time right All those things about preparation meets opportunity and and all those skills and and in Everything motivational you learn, and I think teamwork's the biggest thing that you learn. So, and how to compete because in life, you got to compete. But there's one good thing half of life has shown up, and probably life is a little easier in sports, even for
2: that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Many call football the ultimate team sport, right? What, what is it about football that, that seems to form these just such intense. Lifelong bonds between the players on the team. Oh,
1: well, it can be pretty tough sometime, right? It's from just some of your basketball practices too, right? And you're being run into the ground. So it's tough, you know, and it's a physical game. And, and there's no two ways about that. But as soon as I start doing your job, Kyle, I'm not doing mine. And you're going to lose. And their team's so smart. They're going to see where the weakness is. And they're going to explode it. And they're going to keep exploding until you stop it. So that's what makes it like chess in many respects and it, and uh and so you have to, you have to realize you got to count on the person beside you like the marines you must count on them if i do your job i'm not doing mine we're going to lose
0: and it's that, pretty much that simple yeah and and you know we'll, we'll touch on your NFL youth coach of the year award in a minute there but at at sort of what point in your life did you start making the transition from you know actually playing the game that you love to actually coaching the next generation well let me tell you when i first started seeing it so I was like six
1: years old, and I saw, I saw a picture on like a, a, a grocery store saying try out for a football team. And I tried out for the first few years. I never made the team. And back then it was AltaVista Raiders. And AltaVista Raiders was a dynasty. Um, they never lost a game, not many, them and the peanut rams. So one year I finally made Mosquito. Maybe I was like I don't know, nine years old, nine, ten. And it was, it was last cuts between me and another guy and they flipped the coin and I won the coin. So I got to stay. But within a year, I was the most valuable player. And then it kept going from there. So it's funny how it works. Like, you know, probably my build wasn't the best for football. It's okay. I was fast. But it's amazing how a kid just has a dream that could be any sport or anything or, you know, to be a teacher or doc, Whatever your dream is, you know, it's in the mind of a child. And when the child sees that, it's possible. And football was like that for me, so um, so that's all I would say about football. It was always my dream, and when I got there, I just loved to play the game. And I couldn't get enough and it. It was very physical, and I kind of liked that. And you know, you didn't get in trouble for hitting somebody legally. <laughs> um, so, so I don't know. I just I always had, I loved it. And then, uh, football in many respects was like my father. It taught me so much. And I had amazing coaches from Wally Harris. One, one of the best ever at Vista Raiders um, to Jim Shirelli at Richmond high school. These people are legends and they were like my father Where they really were. They taught me, they were tough on me. And, and, but they taught us so much and that's in myself, all of us. And a lot of great players came out of there. And uh, so those are, you know, and then Doug Hargraves to Queens, but those are the people that form you. And so I was out in the business world doing pretty well. And I moved back to Ottawa, and I was divorced this time. I thought, okay, I'll get back and coach my kids. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden it started to hit, Boy, I really enjoyed this. I, what did what, what, I take a you know, 15-year break from the game or whatever it was? And I just remembered all those things flashing back. You know I used to you know, walk to practice. my parents were poor, and there was nobody driving. And you know and all those life lessons about how to compete and flash back to my time at Queen's Business School. Like I had to try, I had to, I, you know, my marks went up in university. I transferred into business school, right? Most people go down, right? It's always competed. And then, and so, and I didn't go to a private school or any of these things. I had no advantages, but I had advantage of desire and the thirst to achieve. And that's something that all these kids have. And that's what I admire. So, so all these stories kept coming back to my head, Kyle. And I I said, boy, I loved it. I forgot how much I loved this game and then it became less about my kids. In fact, it wasn't about my kids at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially the kids I was working with and, and I'd be go back into that story at Herring gate and all that. There's so many stories there where I grew up and, but all, everything flashed back And then, so ultimately, um, because I was working so much, like, I don't think I'm the best coach in the world. Let's just get that one out of the way right away. Um, so it wasn't necessarily about the X and O's. I'm not too bad in the area. But it was about—you've heard this before—the Jimmy and the Joes—and yeah. that's what it was about: how to relate to kids, especially kids with rough upbringings. And I'm happy to talk about that. But that's what the NFL recognized—that um, I know how to relate to to kids that maybe other folks don't know how to relate to. And uh, from that, it just kept going. I never asked for the award. Um, it's kind of a you know double-edged sword, right? Because I'm sure not—you know—maybe many think they're better coaches than they probably are. Yeah. But no one will be more committed or advocate advocate for the community or for the for the youth than I will, and that's what you learn in football. You learn how to compete. You learn how to fight legally, and away you go. So those those are the things in football that again I learned more from football than business school, and it'll make it can
0: make you successful if you apply it. Yeah. Do you find yourself, you know, now that you are coaching again and back in that world, are, are you repeating any of the, the, the coachisms that, that you oh, know, yeah. coaches growing up uh, used to tell you all I've, the time to your players? Absolutely. I've stolen everyone. <laughs> any particular favorites that come to mind?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I can be pretty cutting sometimes. And just <laughs> yeah, so what I do know, okay, is that in the old school coaching, uh, you know, now everybody's kissy kissy, huggy-huggy. But if I thought a player was really good, or whomever, the coach is normally twice as tough on the best player because that kind of set the tone for the team, right? And if the best player is not getting favorable treatment, and they're being worked twice as hard, and they're being called, let's think of Bill Parcells or somebody, right, or Belichick, yeah. somebody, like they're pressing buttons on their best players. Why? Because everybody else falls in line. And then the other thing those coaches do is everybody has a role right? Everybody has a role. Like there's no passengers and it may seem like you're the backup free safety or something, but you know, I'll I'll let you know what's important about that job and what your role is and why it's so important. And so that's, those are, that's what coaches do. And they're baking a cake, they're making a recipe and they're competing. And, and then the other thing is, is a lot of coaches, they're they're recruiters, which is fine. uh, And they have a giant playbook, which is fine. But I always found the best uh, coaches were more concerned about the whole person. They were teachers, right? They weren't – well, every coach likes to yell, but they were more <laughs> about teaching, right? Teaching yeah. and fundamentals and building a foundation, and that includes more, more than football. And in doing that and working on character and then execution, running just a few plays but working really well, um, that often you're going to have really good success. And then what I have always enjoyed was our fellow coaches are often friends, mm-hmm. but when the teacher, the ones that are teachers are so enjoy it so much because you're not yelling back at each other. You know what the other guy's up to. You're trying to work twice as hard to beat them, yeah. but, but you're, it's calm. Like you just, you know, you we're not playing. That's, you know, and I've always, this is one thing I, I do tell the player. This. So listen, all I want you to remember is one thing. I want your, I want your fans your parents to cheer. I want you to play. I want the refs to ref and I want the coaches to coach. As long as we remember each one of our jobs, we're going to be just fine. Yeah. But if you start, you start coaching or you start refing or your parents start refing or coaching, then we got a problem. Yeah. Or if I want to play, we got a problem, a big problem, right? Yeah. So, so he cook's so in the always,
2: kitchen. Right? Right?
1: And yeah. I'm not your parent. Always remember that I'm not your parent either, right? So there's a, there's a certain distance, but a, a good, a, a nice distance. Yeah. I'm yeah. still in for right? sure. so, so those are all the things you learn and then about competing and getting it right. And, you know, when you screw up, sometimes the coach, you know, one thing I don't do is yell at the refs and, and I, I don't yell at the players in a game. I'll bring them off, we'll have a little chat and I'll put it right back in. And I just find it just, uh, you get a better product and the team's calmer and I must say I'm calm, right? You know, I'm like a junkyard dog coach of defense. That's my specialty. And there's one thing I've always learned and not everybody agrees with this, but one thing I was taught, that if, if, you, if you can cover, that means you can blitz.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you can't cover, you sure as heck better be able to blitz, yeah. right? Like, so I'm always after, right? So there's different philosophies in defensive coaching, but I'm definitely going after them. Yeah. And uh, and that's, so that's that's the defensive posture, that we're going to take something away from you, and until you adjust, we're going to keep taking it away from you. We want to dictate, and the offense wants to dictate back. So that's what I enjoy. There's a lot of great defensive coaches, I think, so – Again, am I the best coach? I'm just a good coach. But, you know, yeah. but when it comes to relating with players, absolutely. Uh, that's what I do. And I'm not always nice to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, trust me, they know what authentic or what real is. I guess authentic people use that they word all the time. What yeah. real is. They know real. And Perfect. if you care about them. And i can give you a couple of stories if you want, Kyle, or just, you know, just let me know.
0: Yeah. No, well, I, I, I'd love to hear how, you know, the actual NFL Coach of the Year award actually sort of came up. So you, you said, you know, it wasn't something that you actively saw. Yes, I was,
2: okay. I, that in, that. I was nominated.
0: I was nominated,
1: and I was coaching with the Mustangs, South Auto Mustangs, and Canterbury Mustangs. Great program, been around for over 50 years. And, you know, I'm doing, I can't separate what I do from the families and I'm working with a lot of poor families mm-hmm. and I've always treated the families and kids with respect I got to know the cultures, many different cultures. And, and and again, the parents like the fact that you're working with their kids, right? And the kids are really fun. So how I got involved, Kyle, if you let me digress, um, being raised to get in Heron Gate probably in the year, well, there's a few times, but there was a number of shootings. And there were three shootings and three nights. And this is where I was raised
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i said you know enough of this stuff like this is not this is not my ottawa and, you know one time you think gangs in ottawa you're talking about the beavers the scouts or the brownies right mm-hmm. no 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 longer <laughs> uh no, but no longer you know i won't say the name of this gang but they're a hardcore gang they're not even from the area they're named after anymore they're in Herringate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and and i mean hardcore they're shooters and what they do is they prey on the young the young, the youth, and because I've always learned that youth, if you're not showing them some love and some hope, some opportunity, the gangs will. And their type of opportunity and hope is not so good because, you know, things don't end up well. And you probably won't live. So believe it or not, in Ottawa now, they're hardcore gang members. They're shooters. They go from city to city. It gets too hot here to go to Toronto, Montreal, Thunder Bay, Edmonton, Calgary, you name it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's almost too late for them, right? Not necessarily, but it's, it's a lot, really tough. So, you know, that's kind of how I got involved in the community and just doubled down the community. So I got in Heron gate and the facilities are so bad there and I don't want to say too much about the city or the landlords or anything, but what I would tell you, there was no, really nothing there. So the parents are so amazing. I, I love the spirit of the parents. And I'll never forget so new Canadians and I had this other guy, Brian is a biker. I mean I'll tie it up, six foot five, scared the heck out of me. Turns out he's got a heart goal. Yeah. So we yes, get surveying, we made our own field, totally illegally. Okay, in Santa Park. It was the field they flamed it, surveyed it, he was the survey surveying tool, I don't know why. Right? <laughs> and they had to personally get got down their hands and knees and they built the field
2: by hand. Wow. Okay,
1: with little shovels, not, nothing, no heavy equipment. Yeah. It was built with love. And then we seeded it and flattened it, and they chalked it up. And almost I called up my buddy, Sean Batista over at Cumberland Panthers, And Sean grew up in Vanier, a tough area, too. And we have the same background. And So Sean, he's got a great team. He said, would you come over and play the Mustangs? We built our own field in Herring Gate. Now, things are pretty privileged out in Cumberland, generally. Yeah. And these, I give them credit because he brought. And they parked over the the license bureau of Walkley Road and or in Harringate on the streets. And they're coming in this community, and it's not what they're used to seeing. So you know, and it's fine. But none of you are from these communities. So they're coming in and they're wondering what my kid. They're like, what's going to happen to my kid, right? But to give them credit, we had a great exhibition game, and and, and from there, football just kept taking off in Harringate and Hedrington Road. And, Look at the players that are coming out of that area now: Jesse Likuda and Ned Neville and the long list behind them. And Moon Reef, who you, you, you know, yeah, I had him playing football, wide receiver, but I think he made a pretty good choice to go
0: to basketball. Uh, he's doing all right for himself there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he was like six foot three, like you know, ten years old, so he could throw the ball up high and he could go grab and get it. But
1: anyways, that was Sandlerwood Park, and uh, it wasn't just the Mustangs. It was uh, I did touch football from Russell Heights. Russell Road and, 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 and Harrington and Banff. And, and just from that, Ledbury, that we are able to, you know, and what I learned is all of a sudden I enjoyed this doing so much. I forgot about my own kids. I forgot about golf membership or Cottage. I just love doing this. And at, originally the kids would always be late, half hour late. But then they'd see them come over the hill in the Russell Heights. Or, and all of a sudden they started not being late. It uh, might take six months, but not being late. And, and just the joy and, and just playing the game and old school where you're, you know, uh, you just touch football, you make your own boundaries and everything. And and the kids love to play the game. So that helped out the tackle football program, built a pretty good program up. Um, but that was never the goal. The goal was just to engage kids. And um, and there's a lot of trouble. So I've had, you know, folks were you know, people were shot on players' doors and some really bad things. And some players, they didn't always, you know, Turn out so well. Most, most didn't really have done really well at this day. They still call me. And, I don't know, Kyle, I'm doing a lot of talking. Do you want me to share, to share one story with you? Would that be okay or two? Love it. Love it. Okay. So, this is my heart. You can see the affinity. So, maybe this passion is why 50 people sense different stories in the NFL, uh, all different ones. Um, and I feel a lot of coaches buy food and drive kids and all that. I know that. So, I'm not, you know, a lot of coaches do that. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure you do too, right? Helping kids if if kid hasn't eaten, they haven't eaten for sure, lot, right? Yeah. Um, so, well, tough on the field. So there's two stories. So one story is I'm up in Cedarwood Drive and a young man there, and he says, "Coach, are you a loafer?" I said, and "I won't use the name." I say, "Joe, what do you?" And it was Joe. Joe, what do you mean a loafer? Because I don't know what to loafer for us. Yeah. And he says, Coach, these are the people that come every year to Heron Gate and they bring us a turkey. I said, well, that sounds pretty good. Turkey? Count me in. Yeah. He says, yeah, but Coach, we never see him again. And just so got to understand, these kids have been rejected all their lives. And another, especially a white guy coming into the community, you know, well-dressed, bringing a turkey. They feel good about it. And I think it's a good thing, by the way, just keep bringing turkeys. Yeah. But at the same time they feel the rejection, like you're coming but then you're leaving. So they really what they want to know am I gonna stick around? And I stuck around for a long time, fifteen years now. Yeah. Okay. So so that was really the story of your loafer. Now how's well, a loafer? So one thing these sometimes these youth will not look you in the eye, okay? Especially an adult. So they'll always look at your shoes. And all these people come to the community had really nice shoes. So only a 13-year-old kid will say, are you a loafer? Because they looked at the nice shoes that were loafers. <laughs> so they, they, had, they had names for the people that were coming in the community, and the ones they never saw gave the truth were called loafers. Yeah. So those are some of the stories that the NFL recognized and other people told. And and, and just understand that I'm, I'm an advocate for the community, for the youth, and not always popular uh, with you know speaking truth to power. But when I see a community not, you know, being marginalized and being preyed on by gangs somebody's got to speak up yeah so well, i you, you know I mean, you,
0: you've hit on an interesting point there too and you, you've even spoken about it too you know whether it's you know neville gallimore getting drafted to the cowboys you know mariel shayok from the south of ottawa just got drafted to cool. the 76ers moon you know jesse so and it's such a small geographical area as well, too. It's almost becoming a hotbed for you know NCAA and, and, and special talent. And, and what I want to tell you when I'm running
1: these programs, some of these kids show up with no shoes. Okay? Yeah, or they're wearing dress shoes.
2: Yeah, Oh okay?
1: right, dress shoes. Okay, secondhand dress shoes. That's yeah. all they got. Okay, yeah, whatever they can get their and hands on. But all of a sudden they get playing, and so it's a hotbed of talent. But truthfully, Col, you know what? I'm more excited about the people that would become great citizens, another, I run into something called how to get a job in one day and where people have gotten jobs at 16 years of age or 15. Some of them have over 10 grand saved now, Taught to the value of money, how they'll make way more money doing this than they ever will being in the gangs. Okay. I'm more proud of those kids that have become teachers and, you know, or just, you know, taxpayers, decent citizens and lawyers, whatever the heck they decide they want to be, whatever they dream of and get married or if it's right for them and, you know, whatever they choose, but you know, they're gonna have a great life and, uh, and our city will be better. It will be whole, the rich and the poor, not just the rich people everybody focus on. Uh, you know, the, let's make this city whole. And when we make the city whole, we have less problems and violence is totally unacceptable. Shootings are unacceptable. But the fact is, unless we get right into the community's grassroots, upwards, not top down, bottom up, this will only get worse. Yeah. So, I think the police are obviously doing their best, um, but they've made a lot of mistakes when they militarized the police. So, let's not get into too much of that. <laughs> um, but I know what works, and the kids are great. I've never met a bad kid in my life, ever, ever. And I always say if you have a problem player, fire the coach.
2: Yeah.
1: Because, you know, there's no such thing, right? I'm not saying you don't have tough love, you don't work it out, and you don't have a lot of things going on, but, you know, fire the coach. You got a problem player, fire the coach. Yeah. So there's always a way. So those, and then another story I'll share with you, this, uh, a story is pretty personal for me and it's where, uh, you know, the troubled family and yeah. So I'll be careful what I say here. Um, family, um, brothers in jail, great kid. Let's call him Joe number two. Okay. Yeah. So Joe number two, Um, Again, it's a tough story for me, but a good one. Joe's been kicked out of every school in Ottawa at the age of 10. Moved every year, changed schools, always acting out. Again, these kids, they want attention. If you don't give it to them positively, they will take it negatively just fine, right? Pushing buttons, right? They have so much skill and desire. um, And I've always admired, I always say, listen, guys, you guys have an advantage. Some of the rich kids, those private school kids I was at with Queens, They've got a problem because they don't have that desire you have. Some of that street smart you have where you can size things up in 30 seconds. You know why? Because you have to. Well, they don't have that. And so these are all advantages you have. While you don't have money, while things are tougher for you, just understand inside you've got a lot more. So I just try to stress that. So, so, so this person's a tough person. Every, ki- every coach freaks out on this kid. And so Joe, you have to give, make sure no not call his <laughs> he, knows, he, knows, he knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in the club, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. There's many of these Joes. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So Joe, every coach would lose their proverbial you know what on him. Be throwing clipboards down and just, just running laps and yelling. And and Joe just kind of enjoyed it, right? And Joe's a really good player, by the way. Like that you know, the other player we talked about, but he's right there. Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, he's just like, Joe's causing trouble all the time. There so, why don't you kick him off? I said, no problem player, problem coach. So, what I told Joe was, I'm not going to yell at you. I know every coach is yelling at you, every teacher is yelling at you. I'm just one more white guy yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. He said, okay, we're still laughing and clowning around. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. I said, okay, well, so every time something went on and a lot of things happened, like multiple times you're practicing, come on over, I'm not going to yell at you. We go to knee to knee because I always want to look him in the eye. I said, I care about you. I want you to know that. I can't have this not going to make you run laps. Go back in there. Let's understand every time I got to come over, we another talk until I wear you out. Well, at least was, this week, this test of wheels would go on for months, like literally, literally eight, nine weeks. Just, just, and most guys say, why is this kid on the team? Right. And truthfully, I'm not trying to win games. I'm trying to win players. I'm not trying to win, you know, make citizens, and, you know, and I couldn't care less if it's football. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. So I guess that's what the NFL recognizes. It's not about winning. It's about winning in life. Yeah. And so from that, um, Joe, um, all of a sudden, Joe, one thing I don't believe in, Kyle, is false praise. So right now, a lot of participation trophies and every Hey, Johnny, you did so well, and Johnny didn't do well, right? Listen, it's one thing kids know if you did well, or they didn't do well, okay? So, so cut the you know what, right? Be encouraging. Be earnest. But don't give false praise. So when you do give praise, it goes a long way, okay? So what I would do, and, of course, the parents would never be there. And people always run down on these parents. Are you kidding me? New immigrants, they're working three jobs, six kids, three jobs, and they They don't know when they sleep. And they're all minimum wage jobs. They don't speak the language. They should all have heroes stuck on their, on their chests. You know, try that out sometime, right? Cleaning offices or taxis, whatever they might be doing, right? Good yeah. for them. They care about their kids just as much as we do. Just so I know. Maybe more. They have to put up a lot more. Okay? So from that, um, so Joe number two, Joe number two is still causing trouble. Joe two is getting a little better, but not a lot. Okay? So all of a sudden, Joe two is starting to come around. And I see, and Joe two is starting to really come around now. And it's in a game. And Joe two is a defensive man, doesn't go offside, knocks the player down in front, but helps him up. I said, keep knocking him down, help him up by the fourth quarter. He's running me running away from. He you thinks you're crazy, right? <laughs> just remember that, and you just you know, and let's not do anything dirty in the quarterback. And no off sides, no mental mistakes. All those things coaches teach, right? About mistakes, eliminating mistakes. Joe doesn't make any mistakes. After the game, this is a guy I never yell. Okay, I yell my loudest coach's voice. The Coaches love to yell, uh, and because Joe's parents are there, but there's lots of adults around. I say, Joe, that was the best game I've ever, ever seen you play. I'm so proud of you, and this is why. You didn't go offside. You let up on the quarterback. You still brought him down. You play with determination, dignity, and courage. I love everything about you. And Yell it as loud as I can. And Joe's a little taken aback. Joe number two is taking it aback.
2: Yeah.
1: All of a sudden, next day at practice, Monday, Joe's coming across the field or parking lot. Joe's walking on air. I go, I got another one. I got him. Yeah. Right? Got him. Got him. Sure enough, Joe, after that, Joe's real easy. We still have some conversations, one-on-one, away from other players, kneel down, lie, lie. Hey, Joe, don't, di- now it's Joe, don't disappoint me. Joe yeah. knows I can, okay? So the conversations get a lot easier. And then the conversations are, Joe, what else do you like in life? How about school? Oh, no, no, coach, no. Joe, what else is there in life? You know, how about, how about what do you like in school? And I say, don't tell me recess or lunch. And that's, what, that's the standard line of use for every kid, okay? But at least it breaks the ice. I say, how about music or, you know, English? Shakespeare is pretty cool. I know I got that funny voice, and I never understood when I was a kid. Those are really good stories, actually. You know, how about math? I like math. You always get an answer, pretty much. You know, art. Yeah, I, I can, apparently you can draw. Like, well, what's, you know, what, what interests you? And next thing you know, you're connecting with the kid about their school. And all of a sudden, guess what happens? The teachers start calling me. Not like they called before. The principals would call before. Now they're calling. because What's happened to Joe number two? Joe and all Joe talks about coach and football and football and coach and, and just and they, and he's helping me out and I just what happened, okay? Now they're not being transferred school to school and warehoused, And and usually kids are pretty smart actually. They really are. Yeah. Okay? They're not dumb. And they're not pushing buttons, they're pushing the right buttons now because they didn't join the praise. And I said, Joe are your teachers petting now? No, 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 coach, no, no, no. Always <laughs> have that's a humor, right? But and all of a sudden they start and these kids these days and I can, there's so many of them are still calling me. I always keep a distance. Listen, I get but five. Do not call me after nine. And the number of other thing is I'm not your parent. Right. So there's always a, a certain distance there um, where, you know, I establish that, you know, that I'm not your parent. Okay. I'm your coach. You need help. And to this day I have grandmothers call me. You know what? When the grandmother calls me, you know, there's trouble. So I'm still advocating the community. And when the kid's in trouble, and some of them are, or when things happen or, you know, they can't, you know, bad money problems or something to family and try to get them some help, um, I still get those calls. But that's, that's kind of the, that's the two-way street that we make, right? It's like, it's not all one way and, you know, putting for kids sure. and, and all these great players and everything. It's also about the other players. So that led to, you know, the NFL award. And I think that's what they recognize is that passion for, for the youth, not just about the game. The game is just a vehicle. I couldn't care less with music or whatever. But, you know, that's what the NFL recognized. And I'm still, I'm still the same person. Um, the award's nice, but, you know, it's, it's the next prop. And so football actually left St. Pat's, Kyle. And we were able to bring it back. We some great donors. We raised a lot of money. And I want to make sure the kids all had new equipment. We won the junior championship, seven-man football, never lost a game. It sounds so easy. Then we went to 12 man football. We didn't win a game. But, <laughs> but we're loaded. Okay. We're loaded for bear. And the, our goal is not this year, it's five years from now.
0: Yeah. And I, now, now we're, the, weren't you a Ridgemont High School alum, though? Yeah. How, how did you make the, the, the cross parking lot uh, allegiance yeah. change <laughs> there?
1: Well, my kid's going to say pass. So that was easy. Uh,
0: okay.
1: I'm Catholic, right? But,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, well,
1: well, I, you know what? Football is football. And uh, and the kids are still from the same area. And I'm just yeah. not sure they always get along. Yeah. But it even weird about Harringay and Hetherington, they don't get along with kids. So I would always make them a touch football, mix them up. and say, guys, everyone, I only have two rules. Everyone touches the ball, and there's no there's no beefs out here. Okay, so I don't care because they won't cross the street even unless to go to the school at print of Peace. But they're gonna head to the high tail right back. So yeah. that's all. The thing. No beefs. Everyone touches the ball. We're gonna have fun here, and then we'll make sure we have ice cream and everything afterwards. It's so much joy. There's so much joy in these communities. These parents work so hard. Everyone looks down on them and it's wrong. These kids have so much potential. And I'll be happy, Kyle, when everyone realizes, they realize that those 4,000 youth, 0 to 18, in Heron Gate, many of them were evicted. There's still 4,000 left. Um, And that, by the way, was the largest mass eviction of black and brown children in the history of Canada. Talk about a shame. We should all be ashamed of that, right? But we have to move forward make positive choices and realize the kids that are still there and the area is great and crimes and gang are not acceptable. And when we take the place of the gangs by offering hope and positivity, things will be better. That's what's happening right now. I'm also working with a group called Strong Orange where we're bringing martial arts in the community. Amazing program. It's world class. It's monitored by Queen's University. It's all about data-driven outcomes. Okay, it's amazing, right? I know nothing about martial arts, but I know a lot about kids. They've got all the pros to come in and teach that. And, uh, and so that's happening now. It's going to be in the schools. And it's incredible when the schools figure out what they're doing. Whenever that is, that will be great.
0: So following um, the trend of them all going pro, we're, we're going to see a, a rash of UFC fighters now coming out of Haringate. Is that what you're saying? Or? <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? It takes a strong person to walk away from a fight. Would you agree on that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay? Absolutely. And, and, and then you're not scared of anybody because you can defend yourself. Yeah. And you know, because you have a strong, you're having proper nutrition and you have a strong body and mind. So you can say, that's not for me. Look at Moon, where Moon comes from, right? You don't think he's walked away from things before? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And they talk about a leader, right? And all these Neville or Jesse and all, don't think they've walked away from things? Absolutely. Right. Or Mariel, they have, right? They've made different choices that that's not for me. And I'm going to do this way. And you know, and it's not possible to save every youth. We know there's elements, and that could be anywhere in the city, by the way, not just in these areas. But I see the potential for Ottawa to leverage the youth of these communities um, to stop the gangs, stop them cold, right? The things are really gonna get worse or better. They have a new leader of the guns and gang unit. He's Carl Cartwright, doing a great job. Um, the new police chief, you know, it's been, you know things are improving um, while there's still a lot of problems. Um, at least there's realize the militarization of the police is not going to, I understand you got to do your job. But at the same time, um, the, I know what's happening in these communities before the police do, put it this way. If somebody's in trouble, I'm hearing way, about it way before. So hint, hint, if you're in the community, people are going to tell you things, yeah. right? Especially a 13-year-old kid, okay? So pretty much any time, unfortunately, when there's a gang shooting or stabbing, I know one of the parties maybe both of them. And to this day, uh, those are just dreadful occasions and uh, sad. So, yeah. So, so that's it. Oh, anyways.
0: I mean, you, you've hit on so many different things here. So if you had sort of- kid, uh, <laughs> I, love, I love football music. Yeah. You know, things. yeah. Let's enjoy.
1: Let's celebrate the community. Let's see the positivity. Uh, let's understand the potential and the hope. And, and every child... Uh, you know, we actually had somebody bring 4,000 books in the community, brand new, Naya and 11 years old from Ajax. She saw the problems in Gate, and she did something about it. So if an 11-year-old can help the community, I think a 71-year-old or a 31-year-old
0: can. Oh, for sure. And it comes from all different levels, right? And You know, sport is just such a, a powerful tool. You know, what, what is it that you find in your experience that, you know, sport – it has that ability to change communities and has that ability to change lives and outcomes. So what is it about sport? That's so special.
1: You know what? It's positive. It, it, Cause you know what? You're not smoking dope if you're up running. Okay. You're not gang bang. If you're, if you're part of a team that you want to be proud of. Okay. And so I've used to be threatened many times, okay, by gang members no longer because they understand you're trying to help their brothers. They get it. Okay. They don't want to make the same mistakes. So the fact is, sports can bring the community together. They understand we're, we, we care about each other. It's positive. The parents love it, okay? They may not know the game. I'm um, dealing with a, a young man. He's a Syrian refugee, the best soccer player I've ever seen in my life. His ball skills are incredible. He decided he wanted to play football. He came out as a trainer for the Cumberland Panthers, so as coaching. <coughs> and all of a sudden, this young man decides he wants to play football, so he would be coming to St. Pat's next year. And what a player. But I said, just play soccer. You're the best soccer player I've ever seen. What are you doing giving this game up? Play them both. But just like when I saw that when I was a six-year-old boy and I saw that sign up on the store saying like about football tryouts and I had a dream. The kid has the same dream. Right. So you tell me it's in the mind of a youth or child. and It's a wonderful thing. And when we ever lose that sense of joy or the mind of a child, God help us all. Yeah. You know the world beats us all down. Or well, let's just be positive realize all we can do all the positive things that we can do together how much we can do together if we all work you know as one and and that's what that's the driver and all i know is when we die we can't take anything with us so let's have a good time being
0: positive and helping some folks out yeah no for sure And, and you know if you had to maybe distill it down to one or two key ingredients there you know you've hit on positivity a caring adult you know someone believing in them you know what are the key ingredients you think need to be there for kids yeah. to make those, those transitional changes in their lives? Hope. Yeah.
1: Hope, guidance, opportunity. Yeah. Hope, guidance, opportunity. They've got it inside them. It's gonna, he's going to unlock, unlock it.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, once you unlock it, uh, these kids can do anything. There's no shortage of brain power. Yeah. And so I remain encouraged. Um, I see with some of these youth that are not playing sports, that have jobs, they're doing really well, And so I see all the positivity, and just that hope, opportunity, and some mentorship makes all the difference in the world, and isn't it great, like, you talk about, you know, you know, like, I'm a very selfish person, Kyle, because you know what, when I help these kids, I get so much out of it, and for me, that's selfish, and that's what selfish is, and I'll keep doing it, all right, so, you know, I guess, and I know it's a cliche, you get so much out of what you do, right, you do from giving and helping, if you just help and help and help and help till it hurts, uh, you'd be surprised. You always get a little bit more energy. You want to do a little bit more. You meet like-minded people. That's something I really enjoy, meeting like-minded people like yourself. And I meet so many of them now. And we all get it. We're all teachers. They're not the yellers, the screamers, the recruiters. They get it. And when you meet other people that get it, it's just it's, uh, it's just more powerful. And so we live in a great city. It's a beautiful city. Uh, It's a safe city, still is, very safe, and we just need to help, help the people that need a little bit of help, a hand up. They're not asking for a handout, just a help up, and uh, we do keep doing that. We're going to see great things in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> there's a world of opportunity there. And, you know, for, for those who might be listening to this and, and want to get involved, whether it's through, you know, Project Orange or helping out on the football right. side of things, or just even with Haringate in general, what, what are one or two things that you would sort of suggest people do to, to, to help out?
1: So I'm running about eight programs. One of them is called Ash and Dixon, AD, AD Youth Empowerment. Ash and Dixon is a tragic story. One of the best Ottawa's ever produced. What to say, Pat's was shot and killed, and the murder remained unsolved. Ashton did everything right, he never even went out and clubbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the expectant father, we're running the third annual Ashen Dixon Sportsman Camp. Youth Empowerment, still gonna go on this year virtually. Uh, look that up, get involved, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, doing a lot of computer courses, uh, youth empowerment, reading, literacy, nutrition. Uh, Strong Orange, www.strongorange.org, check that out. Um, we're always looking for help. This is a huge endeavor. Positive, now every, I think every community is gonna want this once we test it, we made a five-year commitment to Aaron Gate. Yeah. In South fun. Ottawa. St. Pat's football, hey, go Irish. Uh, come on out, bring your kids out. Um, I'll tell you one thing I don't like is that uh, we have parents that are shopping schools that live in the Her- that live in Saint Pat's area, and don't send their kids to Saint Pat's. I think that's shameful. I understand why they do it, but they have to understand what a great school Saint Pat's is. There's no trouble there. The teachers are there, because they want to be there. It makes a big difference. The teacher wants to be there, right? Yeah. Not, you know, what that's like. And uh, the principal, Carrie Lynn Bowie, she's a saint. That's amazing work. It's a safe school. You can graduate there, go to any university you ever want to go from. So I think for those parents, when I see them. A lot of kids in the area, they leave the area. I think you're making a big mistake uh, when you can have a new classmate that just came over from, you know, from Vietnam or Malaysia or somewhere, right? And you're learning about their culture and their country. I think you're richer for that. So that's what I would say about the school: is uh, is people should go to Saint Pat's or Richmond. Richmond has definitely gotten better, okay, and great people there also. And, and and stop this flight of going to. I won't name the schools where they go to, but it, it's unacceptable and hopefully that will get straightened out eventually we have a great a great city those are great schools and a great community so that's kind of what i would try to leave you with kyle is is, uh there's a lot of good things happening positive i apologize i've been negative on any subject or any landlord or anything or anybody okay (laughs) i won't mention names okay or anybody that evicted people okay but but any of those things uh i yeah, I apologize. It's you know, let's go back to Joe One and Joe Two and the NFL and all those good things and all those great examples. And for every Neville, Neville Gallimore, I tell you, that a Joe Number One that's going to do a lot of great things, and I'll be just as proud of him. He's going to still call me, and never after nine o'clock, so I want to answer the call, uh, and hopefully, their grandmas don't call too come too often. Call too often with the grandmas call, you know, it's big trouble. But hey, you know what? Aren't we all lucky to be you know living and in this life and and helping some folks out? Because guess what? They're, guess what's going to happen? I had Wally Harris and Jim Shirelli teach me everything I need to know about not just football, but life. I'm helping some kids the same way. Many other coaches like Sean and these other coaches are helping other people. You know, these kids are going to keep passing it forward. They are. Yeah. And it's going to keep going. And I'm sure you have your mentors too, Kyle.
2: Absolutely. Who are your
0: mentors, Kyle? What are the names of your coaches that you work with? That oh. made a difference? Oh, uh, we, we don't have enough time for me to list all of them here, but I, I will for sure at least shout out my dad who, uh, who did a lot of good things raising me, so, uh, and, and my dope. mom as well too. So Well, well those,
1: are all, those are all stories, right, that you want to pay it forward, and I think that's what it's all about, and, uh, and it's joyful. And, uh, and so I think we just keep no false praise, keep focusing on the positive, fight, you know, football's a rough and tough game. Keep fighting. You gotta compete in life, right? And again, half of life is showing up. But you gotta compete, and so those are all some of the things that we teach in the community. It's about the whole person and how to walk away from trouble and be independent thinker and make your own decisions and your own choices because every choice has consequences. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you so much, Paul, for uh, taking the time and uh, sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. And for those that are listening right now, be sure to uh, check out the, the many projects that uh, we've got going on down in uh, Arrogate. Yeah,
1: go in go Irish. Go Irish.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're, you're going to be hearing it from your alumni friends there at Ridgemont. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> take care, Paul. See you, guys. See you, buddy. And that concludes another episode of the Dinosaur C2 page and podcast network. Thanks very much for tuning in and listening today. Huge shout out goes to uh, Paul Howard for sitting down and sharing his journey with us as well um you know we we're really just starting to scratch the surface there he, he, he's got stories for days and um you know the, the work that he's doing really is second to none and you know i think that a lot of his passion comes through just not only in the stories he's telling but in, in these interactions day-to-day with uh, the communities that he's serving there just a friendly reminder uh to like comment share subscribe and uh keep tuning in we've got some great guests coming up and uh stay safe out there we'll see you next time I'm